Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncha Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889. Cahan is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. K-Hen and Little Red Hen, just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. The views expressed on this program are those of the host and guest and do not necessarily reflect the views of K-Hen's staff, volunteers, underwriters, or board of directors. Welcome again, friends, to On the Rails with me, your host, Forrest Whitman. We are quite excited today on this show to have with us Sal Pace. He's the uh, vice chairman of the Colorado Chief and Front Range Passenger Rail Authority, which is paid for by your taxpayers' money as citizens of Colorado. So good, good to listen, good to listen. And we also have an emergency bulletin from the Colorado Association of Railroad Passengers. This is your week to call your U.S. Senators and remind them to include our, our two Colorado trains, the chief, and uh, I'm not gonna read you this whole thing. You already know, you, you already get, you, you have the drill. Call up and make sure that they include our trains as they get ready to present their stimulus package. Okay, that's your emergency bulletin for today. If you want those, those numbers, just call me here at the station uh, 719-221-9380. And I'll give you those numbers and even, I don't know, what, take your lunch order. Okay, <laughs> let's move over to you, Sal. So, Sal, what wonderful things your commission has done. And we really have to thank uh, Randy, Randy Grauberger, who has been, who is retiring this year, who has been there right along. Um, uh, certainly thank... Uh, all the people who have worked so hard to to save the Southwest Chief. I, just a personal note: when I was used to be county commissioner up there in Gilpin, why I got a couple heart rendering, heart wrenching phone calls from people who depended on the chief to get to their um, doctor's appointments, physical doctor's appointments, and that's the thing that we sometimes forget: is a train like the Southwest Chief also uh, serves some parts of Colorado and New Mexico that aren't served otherwise. So that's my history and background. Uh, jump right in, Sal. Tell us, tell us where, where are we going next? Well, there's a, there's a lot, lot on, the, uh, on the agenda here. You know, the, 
Um, I'm, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm the, the vice chair and the new vice chair of the Southwest Chief and Front Range Passenger Rail Commission here in Colorado. It's a volunteer position, although the, uh, the commission is, uh, is backed with, with state funding. We all serve as volunteers on the board. Um, it's a, I previously had served as the, the, the chair of the commission when it first got formed and was the chair of the, um, of the predecessor commission, the Southwest Chief Commission for the, uh, the entirety of, of, uh, of its existence. Um, our, our new chairman is someone I've worked a lot with in the last decade, and that and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, and that's Jim Subi. And he's also president of the Passenger Rail Association here in Colorado. He's done a really fabulous job. Jim and I have worked closely together in the legislature. Um, you know, first we, we worked on the, the Southwest Chief Commission and and, and at the time, it was uh, Representative uh, Leroy Garcia. Um, he sponsored the bill, and, and we had sort of created the concept for saving the chief and bring together a group of collaborators to work on it. And then, oh, three, three or so years later, after that, we, um, we worked with then Senator Leroy Garcia um, and Representative Esgar, on a bill to transition the, the Southwest Chief Commission into the Southwest Chief and Front Range Passenger Rail Commission. And uh, we're about three years in on, on this commission's existence. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, working towards, uh, we're working towards next steps. You know, we, we've undergone a, a pre-NEPA analysis as is requested or required under federal law. Uh, to look at uh, route alignments and technology and um, user demographics uh, for uh, front range passenger rail. Um, CDOT staff has been incredibly helpful and, and collaborative to work with on this process. Um, and uh, we now have three potential route alignments that we've been, we've been looking at. And the next phase is to try to create the uh, funding mechanism, governance structure, um, and all of the legal uh, parameters that, that need to be defined in order to, to, to build out a, a front range passenger rail system. Uh, we have a very strong relationship with, with Amtrak and our, our, our representatives from Congress and have been working on, uh, on uh, a partnership with Amtrak and Amtrak in fact has requested oh, a little more than $2 billion uh, that is sort of uh, set aside or intended for front range passenger rail uh, in their infrastructure package to the 117th Congress and you know, that's something that would go a long ways to, to getting us to our, our objective of front range passenger rail. How dependent is, is this money request um, on the COVID relief bill that's going through the Senate right now? Yeah, no, that, that's unrelated. You know, this is, um, 
this is actually money that made it into the uh, surface transportation bill or, or authorization of money that was into the surface transportation bill um, from last year that, that Representative DeFazio and, and the House ran. Uh, you know, we actually thought we had a decent shot of getting it in COVID relief in 2020 if there is an infrastructure package. Um, our, you know, our former Republican U.S. Senator Cory Gardner was very good on these issues and was a strong advocate for passenger rail. But, uh, you know, truth be told, a Democratic U.S. Senate is even better than uh, a Republican Senate. So uh, the, uh, the, the position of, of passenger rail has uh, increased uh, significantly in the federal government with, um, with uh, Mayor Pete at transportation and Joe Biden as president and, and a Democratic Senate. And so, you know, if I were a betting man, I'd, I'd be betting on, on this package going through as part of surface transportation. Now, you know, it's an opportunity, but then it also creates an obligation, a responsibility here in Colorado. If Amtrak come, steps to the table with 2.1 billion for passenger for front range passenger rail, we have to be prepared to uh, to match that and also to put it to beneficial use in 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 short time. And so we're trying to we're trying to ensure that we're in a good position to do that. Well, with with you guys working down there on our our commission, I think we are probably at least politically in a good in a good position and depending on which one of these three alignments with Amtrak you guys decide to, to go with, I would think, I would think uh, it looks like it would certainly pick up uh, geographic uh, support uh, as well. Well, politically, you know, there's been some polling on this issue. Politically, the, the residents of the front range of Colorado are very supportive of front range passenger rail. In fact, Front range passenger rail is more popular than continued. Let me rephrase that. Front range passenger rail is more popular than than sort of an undefined check uh, to highways amongst the voters of of the front range. And so we we feel that if we can present a a clearly understandable vision to the voters in in the front range of Colorado that that will be in a good position to in this project. It'll be understandable, I think so. We even even those of us in the remote re, remote southern part of the state <clears throat> know this. We we know that we have good um, good transportation leads up to your up to your town uh, up there to uh, and and I think uh, I think Pueblo is, you know, I think Pueblo is on on the charts here uh, for people, and um, people from around here shop a lot in Pueblo. I, I don't know if you knew this, but it's quite a bit of a drive. But people do drive up to Pueblo to well to go to to go to the super. Your super Walmart is just, I mean, it's an attraction. And <laughs> I know. Well, I would. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would encourage all your listeners to shop at locally owned businesses if they have the opportunity. 
<laughs> and when you shop locally, the money gets recirculated through your, your local economy. Thank you very much for that correction. And it's a good thing that if my wife had heard me just say this, she would say, what's wrong with shopping local? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> all right. We can, we can all agree on that. Um, um, Forrest, do you mind if I jump in here just for a jump second? Jump in, Rick. Come on. Yeah, Engineer Rick White here. And uh, Sal, I want to ask you this question. The, this uh, two point something billion dollars has to be matched by our state. Is that correct? Yeah, Amtrak's not going to give us a, a blank check, you know, if we're not bringing money to the table. I see. And um, if uh, Colorado was able to uh, supply that same amount of money and come up with uh, f f four point something billion, is that enough money for this project? Uh, no, the entire project is estimated to an eight to $12 billion price tag. Wow. Um, and that, you know, that includes everything from Fort Collins down to, down to Trinidad. Um, you know, there, a lot can be done with incremental steps. Sure. And so, you know, we can look at um, heading north out of, out of Denver and the um, most attractive route for ridership on the pre-NEPA work was north of Denver um, up to Boulder, then up to Longmont and Fort Collins. Uh, and then, you know, we can also look at incremental steps, you know, headed, heading south and, you know, can we, can we get to, uh, let's say Colorado Springs as a first step going south. So, uh, you know, it, the, the, the best, the best uh, is going to be, and the, and the best way to roll this out is incremental steps. I see. Interesting. Thank you. Well, can we, can we take three quick listener questions? And by the way, our railroad star uh, to date uh, was Randy, who got, who got, 12 emails um anytime they send an email after they hear the show you know they really heard the show he got he got 12 so let's see if we get 13 here today but a couple listener questions one um is it at all likely uh, the new alignment uh will include pueblo and that it's not that, that, that question's out there of course and uh i don't know likely i don't suppose you can say i suppose uh, well, if we're talking about front range passenger rail, uh, it absolutely will go through Pueblo. Um, All right. And there's, you know, there, there's, there's no doubt about that. The county and the, these are funds that I, I had helped secure back when I was a county commissioner. I haven't been in office for a little more than two years, but, but we passed a, a debris measure, um, ballot issue 1A, and I believe that was 20... 17 maybe included some funds for studying um, station alignments in Pueblo and those state that that study has been uh, completed in the, the in Pueblo County for for station alignment um, and so front range passenger rail will definitively include Pueblo there's another question about whether or not 
a Southwest Chief reroute would include Pueblo. As your listeners know, the Southwest Chief goes Chicago to Los Angeles with a, a few stops in between, including uh, Lamar, La Junta, and Trinidad. Currently, the train uh, sort of beelines uh, due southwest from La Junta to Trinidad and goes through the Pinion Canyon site and it sort of skirts around Pueblo. You know, we've been working to try to uh, reroute the Southwest Chief through Pueblo. There is a study underway for, um, for a through car service that would bring a through car from La Junta through Pueblo up to Colorado Springs. Um, and then if we could couple that with front range passenger rail, we then have uh, improved the, the routes from Pueblo to Trinidad to passenger uh, speeds and capacity. You know, it's not unrealistic. Frankly, front range passenger rail um, is more attractive uh, than a Southwest Chief reroute just because of, uh, of ridership and whatnot. Well, that's exciting to this listener, and I hope uh, I hope she hears us say this that that, that this is on the table. Um, related question here. Uh, well, you can't. This is above all of our pay grade, but can we expect a return to daily service soon on the Southwest Chief? I don't know how anybody could answer that. Um, I, you know, I, I'm going to try to answer. I, I expect it'll it'll return um, before the summer. All right. Okay. Nice. Can I hold you to that? Uh, should I book <laughs> now or? <laughs> well, you know, I I I put some money down on it. You know, maybe all maybe right. 20, 20 bucks. Okay, twenty bucks on it. All right. No, I I it would seem that way to me too, but. One of our Amtrak conductors, who's a regular listener to this show, uh, <clears throat> just sent me an email, which I just got yesterday. And he says, uh, we had this same bet going. And he said, I think you're going to win this one. I had told him that given the bizarre attitude of the top, how do we say this, the top brass at Amtrak, they, they have had such a pessimistic outlook on long distance rail uh, you may correct me you may be wrong but i've they've always seemed pessimistic to me he feels like they've sort of their mentality has turned around a little now this is this that's just railroad gossip there but i uh, if that's true that would our chances would be better i would think well i i feel that amtrak is more favorable for uh, long distance um service than, than, than they've been in a long time. Uh, you know, not only, you know, is the new CEO supportive, um, you know, within their government affairs division, uh, they, you know, they recently advanced up to the, uh, up the chain there, a, a strong supporter of, of long distance, um, of long distance uh, travel. And so, you know, internally, I think Amtrak is, is, is as supportive as I've ever seen. Now, this, this states, this specific front range passenger rail route, technically, legally right now, does not fall under Amtrak's purview. It's, it's considered state supported because it's, it's a route less than 500 miles. Um, and so it, it takes some, some statutory change in federal law for Amtrak to be able to start 
uh, doing state supported work. Um, you know, we, we're not seeing any opposition to, to that statutory change in DC. Oh, good for you. You must, you, you, who represents us then? Um, how are we? <laughs> I know. Oh, no, let's not get into the Congress. But we do have a really strange representative. <clears throat> well, we'll say just since we're doing gossip this morning, a, a couple of our members, couple, one listener to this show particularly, have uh, gotten in touch with uh, our pistol packing mama congressman because she stands to lose, I think, three stops. I could be wrong down there in uh, down there in her district. And um, she she does write back and says, what are you talking about? But she she may may come around a little bit. I I don't know. It's she's 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 a trip. <laughs> yeah, well, well, actually, uh, Lamar LaHunta and um, Trinidad are all in the fourth congressional district. That's that's Congressman Buck. Um, uh, uh, Lauren Bober, uh, you know, her district comes down into Pueblo and, and Werifano, but not mon, not into the existing Southwest Chief Line. You know, she does have some of the California Zephyrs. She's, you know, in, in her district. She's got the uh, the Glenwood stop and the Grand Junction stop. In her district, so. She She's got have, more than most. Yeah, she does have she does have passenger rail in her district. Well, we're not going to go any further there with that one, I guess. But that's interesting. Uh, I was cheered when I saw that her opponent was a, a a woman who, when I was county commissioner years ago, she we she served on the the old uh, Rocky Mountain Railroad um, Commission, which was again a state commission and. We had one half of one. We had, I think, 10, 10 hours a week or something out of CDOT in those days. But um, uh, I, gosh, she might be back, and that would be that would be good too. Um, we just, I guess, we just have to wait and see how that all. Well, and and you know, the, 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 we're going to have new lines in Colorado, new districts, and we're going to have an eighth congressional district. So. Uh, you know, there, there's a new bipartisan commission that that is going to be drawing these lines and we don't know exactly what they're going to look like. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. When are you going to run for uh, com- you need to run for Congress? <laughs> well, thanks. you need to run against Bobert. You, you could you could. Don't you have a gun? Couldn't you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, I have, right. I, have, I have no plans of running for office anytime, anytime <laughs> soon. You mean eight years as county commissioner was enough for you? Yeah, well, you know, I, I and before I was county commissioner, I was in the state house, so I yeah, I'm I'm, I'm enjoying anonymity in the grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Well, okay. How uh, I think that we've got a couple other listener questions, but first, let's wrap up and. And thank you for the, the time that you spent um, on, on, on the commission. Where do you see it all going? Do you, can, you, can you at all get your crystal ball out and see where we might be if we get an interview with you next, next year at this time, at which point we'll, 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 have, we'll have our Zoom up more? <laughs> but. Well, I, you know, I think, I think there's been recent press out of out of Denver and RTD about the Northwest line 
Um, the governor and Congressman Nagoose from the second congressional district who represents Boulder have been a little uh, uh, tough on the RTD district and, you know, perhaps rightfully so for not, uh, for not delivering RTD rail service to Boulder. And, you know, frankly, RTD uh, made decisions, you know, uh, more than a decade ago that, that really uh, makes it hard for them financially to deliver on, on, their, on some of their earlier promises. You know, I, I see this as a challenge and it's been a challenge as we talk about front range passenger rail at the state capitol and as we talk with stakeholders because, you know, they're residents of, of Boulder County and, and areas northwest of, of Denver who are frustrated by, by the lack of service. But I also see this, this challenge as an opportunity. And I think there's an opportunity for partnership here. And, and if uh, Front Range Passenger Rail could partner with RTD, I think there's a potential for delivering the, the, the promised service uh, through collaboration with, uh, with Front Range Passenger Rail uh, delivering the, uh, the faster service with less frequent stops between the, the, major, the major cities along the Front Range and RTD sharing, sharing uh, tracks and, and technology uh, in order to deliver their more frequent uh, commuter service along the, the, the Northwest line. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it'd be a, a, a real opportunity for, uh, for front range passenger rail and for RTD to, to collaborate, to, to deliver for, for uh, all the constituencies. That's what you see for our future. That's what I'm working on and what I'm hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's exciting, and you've been a you've been a tremendous uh, uh, advocate for passenger rail for a number of years, and um, that's that's pretty exciting to have people like you there who are who are who are involved who are working on this, and and you mentioned our governor. My my belief is that that he as well is a, a passenger rail advocate, or he certainly he certainly sounds that way. And, uh, he absolutely, he absolutely is, and and not only is he an advocate, he is the strongest advocate in his administration. He is pulling his entire staff along with him yeah. Um, yeah. because he is a true believer. That's exciting. That yeah. really is. Yeah, and 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 you know, I, I think that that is the future. It's it, it's out there. It's. It's coming, and um, rail, as everybody knows, it is it's less polluting. It um, serves more, packs more punch for the dollar, and um, but we're working against. I'm just reading Stephen Stephen Gordon's uh, getting there, where he talks about the how the oil companies and the auto companies have their uh, fingers in everything. And it's going to be really tough getting those fingers pulled out a little bit, if that's a good analogy. But um, yeah, <laughs> apparently that's well. 
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm appreciative of your show. Uh, I think you do a great job and you're, and you're delivering good information for the passenger rail advocates across the country. And thanks for having me again. Thanks very much. And that, that, that folks was, was Sal Pays. And uh, he, who he claims these days, he's just another common citizen, but, but he's not, he's a tremendous hero for, uh, um, rail advocates here in, and, and in, in other states too. And so it's nice of him to come on. And uh, uh, we're getting the signal from our engineer. And um, as soon as we get the, the signal from him, we, we sign off as we used to. Back in my old brakeman days, when we lean our head out the caboose window and yell a great big high ball, which means get going. So at the count of three, one, three, Highball! Highball! k is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing. Soulcraft is Salida's hometown brewery featuring a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Soulcraft is committed to giving back to the community with a full calendar of hosting local and regional musicians, trivia nights, and special fundraising events. Join your friends and neighbors in the large comfortable tasting room or enjoy a beer on our dog-friendly patio. Hungry? Soulcraft serves fresh, unique menu items during lunch and dinner. Please consider Soulcraft for your next community event or fundraiser.